Welcome to Hooked. I'm Rachel, your guide through the perplexing and sometimes deadly world of internet catfishing. Why do people catfish, and how many lies can they tell before they get caught? Stick around to find out in this week's episode of Hooked. Home and Away is one of the most popular soap operas in Australia. Beginning in 1988, it's still churning out new episodes and is the second longest-running television show in Australian history. From 2007 to 2009, a young actor named Lincoln Lewis joined the cast as lovable heartthrob Jeff Campbell. Appearing for only two years in a show running for 30 may be a relative blip, but Lewis's role garnered him the attention of both casting associates and teen girls in Australia. And little did he know, his photo was also being used as bait for a few of those teen girls. One victim, a girl the media has only referred to as Emma, had gone to elementary school with the actual Lincoln Lewis. So when Lewis friended her on Facebook, she thought nothing of the fact that a celebrity was acknowledging her. They already had one friend in common, and Emma had once dated one of Lewis's best friends. In school, Emma liked dancing and musical theater. In her 20s, she took a job as a flight attendant and was very good at it. In 2011, Emma had a bad breakup. After a few weeks of mourning her relationship, she got that friend request from Lincoln Lewis. The two immediately started chatting. It was a nice distraction for Emma, and she enjoyed reconnecting with her childhood friend. The personal and career details he gave her seemed to match up with everything she knew about him, and his online voice sounded like the guy she'd known. Their chats turned into flirting, which turned into sexting. They sent each other nudes, including videos. A few times they arranged to meet up, but Lewis always canceled at the last minute. They had spoken on the phone, but only twice. And something felt a little off. Emma asked a friend who also knew Lewis, who confirmed that the number Emma had for Lewis was not his real number. She gave Emma Lewis's real number, and Emma gave him a call. When he picked up, Emma said, Hey Link, it's Emma. He had to be reminded who Emma was. Then Emma asked, Have you and I been dating for the past couple months? The real Lewis said that they had not. After having her heart broken right before beginning her chats with Lewis and now this, Emma was absolutely crestfallen. And confused. How had whoever she was talking to known so many accurate personal details about Lincoln? And more importantly, who had gotten the nude pictures and videos she'd sent? As far as the facts about Lewis, that wasn't really hard. Not only was Lewis famous, but so was his father. Wally Lewis had been on the Australian Rugby League as captain and was a well-known sports presenter. But as to who had Emma's pictures, that was harder to figure out. Emma confronted her Lewis online, asking who he really was. And with that one question, she unleashed hell. Lewis harassed her nonstop, up to 80 text messages a day, containing threats to Emma, threats to her family, asking when Emma was just going to kill herself already. Once, Emma was held hostage over the phone for four hours by Lewis as he threatened to send the intimate pictures and videos to her boss. Emma's sister found her hiding under her comforter, crying and begging Lewis not to do it. In a calmer moment, Emma asked Lewis to FaceTime with her. Lewis agreed, and when Emma answered the call, she did see the real Lincoln Lewis, but the connection was glitchy. Later, Emma would say that she thought the catfish was dubbing their voice over a recording of the real Lewis. She recorded the conversation and showed the police, but they didn't care. The person was still claiming to actually be Lewis, despite evidence to the contrary, but one day the real Lewis posted an update on Twitter. On vacation in Bali, Lewis had been approached by someone who believed they were friends on social media, but Lewis had no idea who they were. Between this and Emma's call claiming they were dating, Lewis was freaked out. 
He wrote on Twitter, It's come to my attention some weird people have made a fake Facebook profile impersonating me and causing a lot of drama. Just deleted Facebook. Hope this stops. Now there was no way whoever was behind the Lewis profile to claim they were actually him. The person Emma had been talking to confessed to her that his name was actually Michael Jason Smith. Emma told the police, He told me that he and his friends were talking to people on the fake account as a joke, and things got out of hand and he became interested in me. Emma didn't think this was a good enough explanation and asked Michael to stop talking to her. Surprisingly, he did, but soon after, Emma got a message, ostensibly from an ex-boyfriend. He wrote, So I see you're in Sydney tomorrow. Since you're there till Saturday, we must catch up like old times. Emma, who no longer trusted anyone, asked this ex if he was actually Michael Smith, and he said no. Because his name wasn't Michael Jason Smith. It was actually Danny Jason McGreen, or Danny Mac, as his friends called him. He was, he told Emma, a British actor who used the Smith persona. And Danny Jason McGreen is actually an actor on the British soap Hollyoaks, among other things. Emma wanted to believe he was telling the truth this time, just like she wanted to believe him when he said that, just like her, he was being bombarded with threatening messages. And he sent her proof in the form of screenshots. When a Facebook profile with the name Michael Jason Smith messaged her asking for nudes, Emma told Danny Mac, Danny had a tragic backstory. He came from a violent family, which he had left behind to pursue his career, but now his family wanted him to come back home. One night, Emma started getting weird texts, things like, that really hurt, that punch, I'm going to vomit, and my ribs are gone, oh my god, help me, because everyone live texts a fight. Apparently, the fight led to a kidnapping, because Emma then got a text, listen, you dumb slut of a bitch, yes, slut of a bitch, get me in contact with your boyfriend or he suffers the consequences. Time's running out, you slut. She was sent pictures from someone who claimed to be a federal agent, pictures of Danny bound and gagged, which makes no sense because they were asking her to get them in contact with her boyfriend, but they kidnapped him? Anyway, Emma, who was getting these messages while she was at work, said she had to be taken off of flights because she was so upset. She was now afraid she was going to lose her job. Danny's brother contacted Emma, saying that he'd called the police who were on the case. Wanting to help, Emma hired her own private investigator. The private investigator got back to her quickly. The real Danny Mac, the actor, was fine and had no idea who Emma was. Emma, of course, called Danny, who picked up for the first time in days. He seemed surprised that Emma and his brother had believed he was kidnapped. He'd been busy in Miami all week. Emma was still in contact with the police whom she'd told about Lincoln, and she reported what she had found out about Danny. She told them in 2012 that she was still talking to Danny despite all he'd done because, quote, Though I have never met him in person, and I realize it's not usual, I cannot walk away from him. I have seen him on Skype. I'm in love with him. It was a lie, that part about seeing him on Skype. But Emma was spiraling, and she couldn't take another breakup. She was still managing to work, but even when she didn't tell him, Danny or Michael or whoever she was talking to always seemed to know where she was. She'd get to her hotel room and find chocolates and teddy bears, allegedly sent anonymously, but Emma knew who they were from. She'd get calls in the middle of the night, during which no one would talk, but a love song would be played down the phone. These were supposed to be loving gestures, but Emma couldn't take the stress of being stalked. She threw up a lot. She had constant nightmares. She was in therapy because she was suicidal. Emma's sister said Emma couldn't function anymore. And it wasn't just the stalking from Danny slash Michael. She was still getting anonymous threatening texts, saying things like, Your life is about to come crashing down and no one can help you. I'm being generous with these readings. These texts were written in sloppy slang and with numbers replacing letters. 
Another text. How's your depression going? Because we're just getting started, and darling, you have no one to support you. Once, when Emma was in LA for work, she got a text saying that this person who was threatening her was planning to visit her family that night with, quote, the big guns blazing. She called the Queensland police, probably at great expense from Los Angeles, who rushed to her family home to find that they were not in physical danger. They had, however, been getting a lot of prank phone calls and threatening emails. It wasn't just Emma's story that had the police on high alert despite dismissing it a few years earlier. Someone else had come forward about being targeted by someone claiming to be Lincoln Lewis. A woman the press named Jess was a flight attendant just like Emma. Jess had met the real Lincoln Lewis on a flight in 2009. They'd had a brief but friendly conversation and took a picture together, and once in her hotel room, Jess looked up Lewis on Facebook and friended him. He accepted immediately, but nothing really happened for a few years. Eventually, though, Lewis started to message Jess, saying that someone on a flight crew was spreading rumors about her. Did she know this girl, Emma? Jess didn't know Emma, but she told Lewis that she couldn't give out employee information and didn't tell him whether or not she did know Emma. Lewis asked Jess if he could call her, and Jess was flattered. She was a single mom and didn't have a lot of opportunities to talk to men. They spoke on the phone, and Jess was surprised to hear that Lewis had a very high voice for a guy, like his voice hadn't broken yet despite him allegedly being in his late 20s. But, she said, she had no reason to think it wasn't Lincoln Lewis she was talking to. They had Skyped, but Lewis's picture was always glitchy and pixelated. But that was okay, because Lewis sent her pictures. Not of his face, of his naked body, and Jess reciprocated. Just like he had with Emma, Lewis would schedule meetups with Jess and then cancel them. He did give Jess a reason, though. The paparazzi couldn't see him dating an older woman. But he wasn't keeping her a complete secret. He sent her an article titled, Lincoln Lewis Off the Market, that mentioned he was dating a flight attendant. But just like with Emma, the person behind the Lewis Facebook profile sabotaged themselves by choosing to pretend to be a famous person. Six weeks into their relationship, as it was, Jess's Lewis told her he was in Sydney. But then Jess saw that the real Lincoln Lewis was at a premiere in Brisbane. Jess immediately blocked her catfish on Facebook, but it didn't take whoever they were long to reel Jess back in. After yet another cancelled meetup, the catfish texted Jess that he was outside her house, watching from the bushes. He correctly said that Jess was wearing a blue dress and her daughter was wearing a school uniform. Soon after this, Jess and her daughter moved. Jess had tried going to the police before, but like with Emma, they didn't take her seriously at first. But after the spying incident, they started to pay attention. Perhaps this was around the time Emma's family had been threatened as well. In any case, they asked Jess to call Lewis and tell her she forgave him, then record her conversations with him. During one of these recorded conversations, Jess complained to Lewis that her smartphone was broken and it was going to cost $200 to fix it. Lewis offered to send her the money. He was a rich and famous actor, after all. Jess agreed and let the police know what was going on. And so it was that a few days later, the person who sent Jess the money was caught on camera depositing it. It was not Lincoln Lewis. It wasn't Danny Mac. It wasn't even a man. It was a woman in her mid to late 20s with long, dark hair. This woman was Lydia Abdelmalek. She was a 26-year-old university student studying, get this, psychology. She didn't know Jess or Emma in person. She'd never even been to Queensland, where both of them were from. The phone call in which she had correctly told Jess what she was wearing? A lucky guess. But Lydia didn't only target women she didn't know. She had at least one target that she did know, a woman the press called Catherine. Catherine was a real-life friend of Lydia's who was engaged to be married. 
She and her fiancé started getting weird messages on the text app Viper. Unlike Emma and Jess, Catherine immediately deleted the app, and she and her fiancé reported the messages to the Australian Cybercrime Reporting Network. But then she started getting similar messages on WhatsApp. Quote, You deleted Viper. Don't you want us to message you? Bad move. Freaked out, Catherine told her friend Lydia about the messages. Lydia told her it was probably one of their friends who was trying to break up Catherine's engagement. Lydia convinced Catherine not to hire a private investigator. A family friend, Lydia said, was already on it. Around this time was when Lydia was caught on camera depositing money for Jess. Once they figured out who she was, the police started digging. As they did, Lydia begged her victims to delete their chat history with her. In April of 2016, the police raided Lydia's home and found evidence that she was stalking and harassing Emma and Jess. All of the email addresses and gifts sent to Emma were traced back to Lydia. She even put her parents' P.O. box down as the return address for some of them. Her phone was littered with usernames, passwords, phone numbers, and love letters, as well as pictures of both her victims and the people she impersonated. Catherine heard about the raid, but Lydia doctored the search warrant to say that someone else had been the target of the search, then showed that to Catherine. Through all of this, Catherine was preparing for her wedding, in which Lydia was asked to be a bridesmaid. And through all of this, Catherine was being stalked. In addition to threatening texts, Catherine knew she was being watched. One day, she bumped into a high school friend, Jeremy. Afterward, Catherine got an anonymous text. How long have you and Jeremy been close? Catherine asked who the person texting her was, and they responded, just someone wondering the answer to that question. Again, I'm being very generous with my reading of these texts. A later message said, your wedding won't happen once we send your fiancé our little info pack about who you really are as a person. Blocking us on Viper was a big mistake. Like Emma before her, Catherine was unraveling because of these messages. She was crying every day, she couldn't sleep, her friend Lydia had pulled out of being a bridesmaid. Catherine called it the worst year of her life. Once the police had figured out who Lydia was, Jess and Emma got in contact with each other. They never met in person, but they texted back and forth a lot. They'd both been duped and played with in the same way, so they were basically sisters now. They were both in therapy and were diagnosed with PTSD. Emma got the bonus diagnosis of anxiety and depression, and Jess's daughter even showed signs of anxiety. Both women, but especially Emma, were worn down not only by their experience, but having to relive it over and over for the police reports. One day in 2018, Emma texted Jess that she couldn't cope. The next day, she killed herself. Paul Mullen, a professor at Manish University and studier of stalkers, says Lydia is what's known as a resentful stalker. Quote, They are often people who have never had any power or any ability to control their world. Suddenly, they have power over someone else, and that's quite addictive. It's this combination of avenging yourself against the individual or the world for not making you attractive enough, not giving you the job you wanted. Having control is sufficient motivation to devote their lives to making someone else's life utterly intolerable. Resentful stalkers sometimes target strangers whose lives they envy, but just as often target people they know. Says Mullen, nothing could be better because then they get the joy of the power and it further enables them to feel contemptuous toward their victim as they share their feelings and their pain with them. He added that he had never come across someone with such extraordinary persistence and ability when it came to terrorizing her victims as Lydia, and this guy studied stalkers. As with many of the cases we've looked at, Lydia couldn't be prosecuted for catfishing because no laws against it existed. She also couldn't be accused of taking money from her victims. She'd gotten nothing of monetary value from Emma, and the only thing she'd gotten from Jess was a flight using Jess's miles from work, but she had paid Jess back for that. 
However, Lydia could be arrested for stalking, and she was. She went to trial in March of 2019. Lydia never took the stand, and she never offered an explanation. She's also never shown any remorse. The magistrate who oversaw her case said that the circumstantial evidence against Lydia was overwhelming. She was found guilty of six counts of stalking on April 1st, 2019, and sentenced to two years and eight months in jail. And though Lydia can't be officially prosecuted for Emma's suicide, Jess says she has blood on her hands as far as I'm concerned. Since the investigation began, Jess hasn't dated anyone. I haven't allowed myself to trust anyone. I will never be the same. Thanks for checking out Hooked this week. We'll be back next week with a new story. But for right now, you can find me on social media on Twitter at HookedPodcast1, that's the number one at the end, on Instagram at HookedPodcast, and on Facebook at HookedThePodcast. Also, I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what I'm doing, head on over to patreon.com slash hookedthepod, where you can get access to early episodes and regularly released bonus episodes. Again, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.